0: The episode where we have King Hezekiah, godly King Hezekiah, and also the King Sennacherib of Assyria. And just a little bit of background. The, the Assyrian kingdom in the ancient world was known for their their wickedness and their cruelty and their ruthlessness when dealing with other nations. They were feared. In fact, some have said that they were the most Uh, barbaric of the ancient kingdoms and uh, that gained them an awful reputation and here now they are setting their their scope on uh, the kingdom of judah and on the city of jerusalem in particular and so they are amassing this tremendous army around the city so they have this show of force Uh, they already have a a horrible reputation, and so they are already feared, and it seems like the inevitable is about to come to pass um, and that's what that's what we have going on here in second chronicles chapter thirty two um, and I'm going to actually read portions of this uh, skim through it quickly, and then I'll make some comments so in second chronicles chapter thirty two we have here Sennacherib, king of Assyria coming, entering Judah, encamped against the fenced cities throughout to win them for himself. Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come, and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem. And it goes on to say that Hezekiah gathered the mighty men in his town, the princes, the nobles, and he took some action. He stopped the waters that were flowing outside of the city so that it prevented them, the the enemies, from having uh, clean water supply or something and it just goes on to say that they they took measures as best they could and in verse five he strengthened himself and built up the wall and and etc lots of things going on here verse six he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together in the street etc and verse seven he 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 encourages the people as a good leader should he says, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh only, but with us is the Lord our God to help us. Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. That's a wonderful expression. Um, It goes on to say that the armies of Assyria, they began to assault Jerusalem with words and with discouragements and with fear. Um, In verse 10, it says, Thus saith the Sennacherib, king of Assyria, Whereon do ye trust that ye abide in the siege in Jerusalem? What are you trusting in? people of Jerusalem, doth not Hezekiah persuade you to give over yourselves to die by famine and by thirst, saying, The Lord our God shall deliver us out of the hand of the king of Assyria. Verse 13, Know ye not what I and my fathers have done unto all the people of other lands? And then he goes through a catalog of, this is what we've done to this nation, this is what we've done to this nation, and it's all true. They, they were brutal with the other nations and end of verse 14 um that your god should be able to deliver you out of mine hand now therefore let not hezekiah deceive you don't let hezekiah deceive you he's trying to talk directly to the um, inhabitants of jerusalem nor persuade you on this matter sounds like the devil neither yet believe him for no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people out of mine hand, etc how much less shall your God deliver you out of mine hand? And his servants spake yet more against the Lord God and against his servants Hezekiah, and he also wrote letters to rail on the Lord of Israel and to speak against him, uh, verse eighteen. Then they cried out with a loud voice, if that weren't enough. They were starting to yell over the walls in the Jews' speech unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall. Why? To affright them and to trouble them that they might take the city. So here's what's going on. You have uh, the, the, the armies of the Assyrians that are trying to scare God's people uh, into giving up. You had the words of Hezekiah, Be strong, be courageous. The Lord is with us. He will fight our battles. Then you have the Assyrians saying, Don't believe him. Don't trust in the words of Hezekiah. Your God cannot help you this time. And uh, you can obviously see the strong parallel in our day. We have the promises of God that tell us, like Hezekiah, to put our trust in the Lord be strong and be courageous. Trust the Lord. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. And then you have the devil uh, countering that in our other ear, saying, "Don't believe that. Don't trust that. Look what I've done to every other nation. Look at all the families in your church or in the nation. Look at, it, look, at look at example after example of marriages that I've destroyed. Look at all these examples of the of the children that I've I've." Taken into the world, there's no stopping me from doing what I will do. It causes the people of God to become discouraged and lose faith. But this is the part that is circled in my Bible in verse 20. And for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried to heaven. Yes, they finally reached a breaking point of desperation and fear. And for this cause, there was a prayer meeting between godly King Hezekiah and the great prophet Isaiah. And I just, I love to think of what that meeting must have been like. Sitting in a room, praying and crying to heaven. And that's what we're doing uh, believer, we're sitting here in this virtual room, and we are praying and crying to heaven. Hopefully, in desperation. The next verse, the very next verse, and the Lord sent an angel which cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders and the captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And when he was come into the land. They came forth, they that came forth of his own bowels. In other words, his children slew him there with the sword. What a reversal! What a reversal! Not only did God uh, slay the mighty men of the armies. In fact, in Second Kings um, nineteen, it actually says that hundred and eighty-five thousand of the Assyrians were found dead the next morning. But Sennacherib goes back home, and he himself is killed. So, what are some quick applications here? Um, I have just divided this into three uh, organized thoughts. One is there's diligence in faith. I'll just say that, and I'll explain it in a bit. There's desperation in prayer, and then there's deliverance in response to prayer. Uh, Let me just say the diligence in faith. I just want to make a point that there was faith. I mean, verse 7 in 2 Chronicles 32, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid, nor dismayed." This is a statement of faith. The Lord our God will help us, and he will fight our battles. This is a statement of faith. But there's diligence in faith. All the preceding verses uh, show us that Hezekiah was very busy fortifying the city, Um talking to, with counsel with the princes and the mighty men to stop the fountains of the waters and, and all this. There was diligence. He didn't he didn't just sit and he didn't just, quote-unquote, sit and pray. He was very diligent in his faith. He had faith, but he had diligence in his faith. And the, the rest of the scriptures teach this. I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to go through all this, but... We don't live in a monastery. Sometimes I think it's, it'd be nice if we just sort of uh, completely got ourselves out of the world, lived in a monastery, and just sat and prayed and read the Bible all day long. That's not the world in which we live. Uh, in fact, 1 Corinthians 5.10 alludes to that. He says, if, if that's the way you want to be, then we must needs go out of the world. We have to rub shoulders with the people in the world. Faith is not passive. It is a very active faith. James talks about this. Um, Romans ten talks about this. How shall they hear without a preacher? There is activity in our faith. Exodus seventeen, where where uh, Joshua is fighting. Yes, he, Joshua needed to be in the valley fighting, but there was Moses up on the top. But you needed to have Joshua fighting down the, in the valley. There is diligence in our faith. Proverbs four thirty three twenty three says, "Keep thy heart." With all diligence, and so I just want to make the point that if we're fighting sin, there is effort that needs to be expended when we fight sin. We have to stop certain things. Okay, we have to stop feeding our flesh with certain things. There, there is, there are things that we must do. And you know, you look at a passage like this and you wonder. Some people have surmised that uh, how could a hundred and eighty-five thousand uh, of the armies be dead, some people have surmised and, and there 's no reason for us to speculate, but some people have surmised that because the waters were stopped up and there was a lack of clean water, uh there was a disease that spread out in the armies, like cholera or something that that destroyed that many people. There was no source of of clean water for for all that army that was just sitting there, and so whether or not that 's the case. The point is, if that is the case, God used the means of what Hezekiah was diligent in doing to destroy that army. Now, it was God that did it, but he uses means is the point. And it really doesn't matter what actually happened. There is a diligent aspect to our faith that I want to stress. The second thing is desperation. All this fear caused desperation. And that's the thing that I really want us to uh, get in our hearts is not just our offering up of prayers and just saying prayers. But I want us to, the, to get to the point of desperation. I mean, what, what could be more desperate than the people of the city looking at their own children, comparing that with what these Assyrians have done with the other nations? And I, I mentioned that in my email. They would skin people alive. They would decapitate. They would dismember. It was a horrifying thing. And they're looking at their children thinking, God save our families. Uh, they prayed and cried to heaven for this cause. There was a desperation. And when we look at our own families and we see a trail littered with, like I said, example after example of of destroyed lives, it, should it not move us to desperation even a little as well? Should it not drive us to our knees? And the final thing is deliverance in response to prayer. What happened here The deliverance that came, in verse 21, the Lord sent an angel in response to verse 20. Hezekiah and Isaiah prayed, and they cried to heaven. What we're doing here today is not vain. In fact, this is why the deliverance came. It was in response to prayer. Sure, the Lord could use the means of the tracts of our witness, All that is necessary, just like Joshua had to be in the valley. But Moses had to be on top, raising his hands to heaven in order for them to have success over the Amalekites. Prayer, deliverance comes in response to our praying. So, I want to encourage us all. I want to encourage us, I want to, um, uh, for us to have faith. Faith in God's promises. He has given us promises. But we have to have diligence. We have to um, be doing things in our lives. As it says, keep thy heart with all diligence. As, As it also says there in Proverbs, I did not say this. The horse is prepared in the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. There is a sense where we have to prepare the horse for the day of battle. But our deliverance comes from the Lord. And then, of course, the place of prayer. We are in a prayer meeting not here with Isaiah, which would be amazing, but we are in a prayer meeting with two or three that are gathered together. And it is in response to prayer that the Lord will work out, I believe, yet still the greatest deliverance that the world has yet to see for his own glory. Amen.